By a unanimous vote this spring, state lawmakers approved legislation amending state law to reinstate the Montauket Indian Nation to the list of officially recognized Native American nations and tribes by the state government, recognition that was stripped away by a court decision in the early 1900s. But the bill, which has been vetoed multiple times in the past, was again vetoed this fall by Governor Kathy Hochul, who cited an existing process the Long Island-based tribe could follow to secure state recognition. To discuss the issue, we're joined on the Capitol press room by Assemblymember Fred Thiel, a Long Island Democrat who sponsored the bill to reinstate recognition for the Montauket Nation. Welcome back to the show, Assemblymember. Hey, thanks, David. It's good to see you. So aside from representing Long Island, how did you end up carrying this bill in Albany? Well, there's a, a long history to that. I, I grew up on the east end of Long Island. I've lived here all my life. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, a lot of the uh, members of the Montaukett Nation went to school in my high school. I, I knew them all from growing up in Sag Harbor and going to school. So I, I knew a little bit about the history. But where I, I really learned more was when I got into local government, I was the planning board attorney for the, the town of East Hampton when big development projects came in that were going to be proposed nearby to Indian burial grounds. And that, as the, the attorney for the planning board, caused me to you know go into the history of, of, of all of this and all of the, the legal decisions. And that's when I learned that the Montauk Indian Nation had had state recognition uh, until 1914, and there was a court decision that was rendered in 1914 called Farrow versus Benson, where the state courts took away their their recognition, and their land rights were taken away, so that the railroad, the Long Island Railroad, could come through the east end of Long Island, and there were some private developers who were looking to develop property on the east end of Long Island in Montauk. So that's where I really learned about this history and about the case. And I I swore back when I was a planning board attorney that if I ever had the opportunity to reverse what was really an egregious wrong, that I would do it. And when I got to the legislature, I had that opportunity. The, The judge actually took their recognition away and declared them to be extinct with their leadership and 75 members of the nation sitting in the courtroom at the time. And, you know, what was particularly egregious about the decision wasn't just that they had taken away their recognition, but also the basis for it. You know, the the court stated in the decision that uh, the Montauket nation had disintegrated into a mix of shiftless men and women who were impaired by miscegenation particularly with the Negro race. They were no longer Indians because they had become part of a civilized community. Perhaps one of the most racist decisions, you know, in the history of New York jurisprudence. So, you know, the wrong wasn't just that their their state recognition was taken away, but really kind of the long ago, century old racist be- basis for the decision. So, you know, we put the bill in Albany. We've passed it a number of times. It's been vetoed. And really, um, a couple of things. One was that this governor and the prior governor have taken the position that 
the Montaukets need to start from scratch and prove that they actually were and are an Indian nation, where I, I think it's our position in the legislature that that recognition was wrongfully taken away, and we're just looking to reinstate what they already had. This process that the governor cites in her veto, the Montaukets are the only Indian nation who has ever been forced to go through that process. Another Indian nation on Long Island, the Puspataks were granted recognition in 1978, didn't have to go through that process. So what I would also say that I really found offensive about the veto um, was that the governor actually s cited this decision as the basis for part of her veto. With all of this racist language, you know, our bill was designed to to overturn that decision and all of all of that racist history. And the governor's veto cites the decision and really reaffirms it. And uh, I, I just think that's wrong. And that's why we're going to continue to fight for state recognition. Well, compared to federal recognition, state recognition doesn't come with a lot of quantifiable, significant benefits. So why does it matter to Montauket Native Americans that they get uh, the state recognition back 100 plus years later? I, I think there's a, a, a couple of reasons for that. And you're right. There is a difference between federal recognition and state recognition. Federal recognition is an extremely involved process, and there's a lot of benefits that come from that including the right for casino gaming. There's a lot of federal aid programs that they're eligible for. The state recognition is relatively modest. There are state programs for, uh, with regard to education and healthcare and pharmacy that, that come with state recognition. But I think the most important thing about it isn't any kind of material or tangible benefits that the Montaukets may get. It's really correcting a wrong and, re and to use their words, restoring the dignity of the Montauket Nation and, you know, with regard to its relationship with New York State. And I think that's critical importance. I think uh, just reversing this historical wrong, correcting a mistake that was made in history, and restoring that kind of identity that comes with recognition to the Montaukets is important all by itself. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about the issue of state recognition for the Montauket Nation on Long Island, and our guest is Assemblymember Fred Thiel, a Long Island Democrat. So as we've mentioned, this bill has been vetoed multiple times, and there's a way to view this as more of the same from one governor to the next, but there are signs of this administration trying to extend olive branches or work more closely with Native American groups in New York State, whether it's uh, the governor visiting the Onondaga Nation in central New York or working with state lawmakers on revising uh, a bill about burial access that she initially vetoed. So I'm curious whether there's more to this story here for uh, the veto and what seems to be a resistance by the administration to engage with the Montauket Nation at all. I mean, is there more to this story that we're just not aware of? First of all, looking, you know, big picture, you know, I, I was uh, one of the sponsors of the unmarked burial bill. Also, the governor vetoed that there was a lot of uproar about that. And then we got it included in the budget. And as you said, the governor had taken, a, you know, some steps forward, I think, from from that, appointing a deputy secretary for indigenous people. 
So this was really a step back. And to my way of thinking, based on the record that I kind of described, it was kind of a you know layup. This is not a heavy lift. There was no public opposition to the bill. It was unanimously passed in both houses. I can only tell you, you know, sometimes you hear in whispers through the through the corridors in Albany and, you know, some of the speculation about why did this bill get vetoed, because on its face, it doesn't make a lot of sense to veto it, is that, you know, perhaps there are casino interests or real estate interests, you know, casino interests that might see this legislation as down the line, creating another potential competitor if the Chinook, I'm sorry, if the Montaukets were able to take state recognition and then get federal recognition. And then, you know, there's also been those those whispers that maybe the real estate industry was opposed to this bill because it might lead to potential land claims on some very, very valuable real estate on the east end of Long Island. But, you know, th- that's that's largely speculation, but that's what people are kind of surmising here on the east end of Long Island as to what happened. And in the absence of, of of another good reason, that's why I think, you know, some of those rumors persist. So then what comes next? Because you and I both know there's not going to be a veto override vote, despite the bill passing unanimously. So does that mean the legislature just passes another version of this in the future, only to have it be vetoed? Do you have to work with the Montauka Nation to complete this uh, process that the governor has identified for gaining recognition? Is there a third pathway that you're exploring? I mean, what do you think about 2024 and beyond? Yeah, I I would say, you know, as the, the, you know, Steve Engelbright, uh, you know, former assemblyman originally sponsored the unmarked burial bill and it and it got vetoed. And then uh, in 2023, because I had worked with Steve, I, I was the prime sponsor of that. And, you know, out of that veto, we were able to work through the governor's office in the budget process to get that bill passed. And you know, I would hope that we could do something similar. You're right. The chance of a veto override is, you know, somewhere between, you know, slim and none. (laughs) You know, I think, you know, if we in the legislature, and I'm certainly going to do more to educate my colleagues about why this is important, uh, if we can get this on the table as part of of budget negotiations, perhaps we can have the same set, the same uh, success that we had with the unmarked burial bill. I certainly would like to see more of a a dialogue between the governor's office and the representatives of the Montauk Indian Nation that there there have been meetings that we've had, but they've been kind of one-sided. There have been when the Montauk Indians make their case to representatives of the governor's office, and then there's no feedback or follow-up. So I, I, I would hope that there could be real discussions in, in that regard so that you know we, we could get make real progress and, and get this done in 2024. And uh, you know that way I think we can just we will be able to determine what are the real reasons why this bill got vetoed. So I'm certainly open to that. Uh, you know, we'll be back in Albany in January. The budget process starts right away. Hopefully we'll be able to put this in our one house budget bill in the assembly and maybe also even in the Senate. And uh, just like the unmarked burial bill, maybe we can get this done as part of the budget. 
Well, we've been speaking with Assemblymember Fred Thiel. He is a Long Island Democrat. Assemblymember, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, David. It was great to be here and have a great holiday season. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.